name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and batzi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life. Celebrating nearly 25 years in her business as a senior sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics. She also recently took on an additional role serving as Women's Ministry Director at the Wooddale Church. In this last decade as an entrepreneur, she discovered a new calling, presenting encouraging, faith-filled talks for groups and retreats. Her topics include beauty from ashes, gratitude, hope, the power of your presence, the five love languages, and this evening's topic, must be present to win. She's married to Kevin and lives in Minnetonka, her greatest and most important title to date is the role she plays as a mom to her sweet peas, Peyton and Paisley. So please welcome Stacia Christensen to the AGC stage. It is so good to be back in person for events like this. It's so wonderful. So thank you for being here tonight. And you know, regardless of how you feel about this past year and how you handled it, it was a mass trauma. It really was. You all, we all experienced trauma. And for many of us, great losses in many ways. Don't you wish that the pivot were really just a dance move because we've gotten really good at it? <laughs> well, we've got, we've, um, for me, that pivoting meant things as, things such as giving up my bedroom for my husband's home office. All day long, like closed door, locked door conference calls office. So that was a pivot for us. My girls did their uh, their time with online schooling. That was an interesting thing too. And they're so different. They're distinctly different children. They are. Um, once when my youngest Paisley was probably four or five ish, she was in a stage where she's wanting to try and close and had fun with that. So then I find the dirty clothes in her drawers and the clean clothes in my hamper. And I walked in one day and I said, Paisley. Every day I'm losing a little bit of my life due to clothes. You're killing me. To which she looked up and said, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Speaking of losses. So there was mass trauma this year. And then did you know that there's such a thing as aftershock? That the, I guess they would say anniversary reactions to everything we went through. And yet we persist. And many of you didn't even miss a beat, actually. Your businesses thrived, they grew, you didn't miss a beat. But don't you feel like, just, even if you did well, that you're still in a little bit of a haze? Yeah. So my talk tonight is called Must Be Present to Win. And I'm recognizing, though, that so few of us actually are mentally present. Mm -hmm. Have you ever attended an event with a ticket that's Must Be Present to Win? 
I'm, I'm thinking, this is a digression, but I was thinking, what events are there where you maybe given a raffle? My parents apparently now attend, go to a meat raffle um, <laughs> on the regular these days. I mean, I didn't even know there was such a thing, so. Uh, so in some, in some prize drawings, you get a ticket. But in life, in today's world, you really must be present, consciously present, emotionally tuned in to be a winner, to have a winning life. And if life were a board game, actually, I guess it is, right? That would be the tagline, I think, that you must be present to win. In today's flurries of flurry of all the ways in which to connect, socialize, network, be busy, it's hard to be present. I think we all, especially in, in this arena, I think we all have the, the ability to multitask, and we probably do it well, or maybe not as efficiently or as proficiently as we think we do, but we can multitask. But I don't think we should be doing it. It's not a winning formula with people. And yet I see it happening too often that we're not present. Not when it's with human interaction. Multitasking is taxing, and it keeps us from really being present. We are definitely going to have to swim upstream in a world that is conformed to the pattern of busyness, distraction, hurry, and a whole lot of self, like selfies, which aren't even for us. They're usually for the rest of the world, right? But being present means fully having your focus, your attention, your thoughts and feelings all fixed on the one at hand. So my goal for this evening's short presentation is to remind you to be present with ourselves, with our families, with our clients, with our friends, because our time here and theirs is a gift. I was sitting in a live audience once where pastor and author John Orberg shared that he had a a particularly busy season of life. It, he was hard, it was hard for him to stay afloat. And he recalled that how he reached out to a mentor and friend, author Dallas Willard. And he said, I just want to meet with you and get your insight. What can I do? And so he met with, with Dallas and he sat down, he gave his life story and Dallas said, yeah, there's one thing you can do. He said, and John Orberg was like just chomping at the bit for this, these golden words from this mentor. And Dallas Willard said, ruthlessly eliminate the hurry from your life. And John Orberg scrambled those words down, those, that sage advice, and he's like, that's, that's really good stuff. Okay, what else you got? <laughs> and Willard responded after a pause, you must ruthlessly eliminate the hurry from your life. That is all there is. There's nothing else. And hurry is the serious enemy of today. There's an old new country Alabama song that I'm really hoping some of you recall from about 25 years ago. And if you do, you can help me out. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die. And I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Yeah, you guys deserve a little round of applause. <laughs> is this slipping or am I pushing it down? So you cannot be present which means you really can't win if you're hurrying to the next thing, physically or mentally. It is sure part of the culture though, isn't it? And we don't know why. Or perhaps we don't recognize that we even are. We're told to take off our busy badges, actually, these days, and I think that's a really nice idea, but I'm also a little bit agitated when someone says, oh, you, you're so busy because I feel like that implies then that the choices I'm making about the time I'm spending, uh, spending is not of value. Like, I, 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 it is busy, but how can I be busy and not in a hurry? 
hurry implies that we're worried we won't get it all done, whatever it is or whatever all means to you. Um, and it also implies that we haven't planned with much forethought. A number of years ago, I heard a segment on compassion where reference was a study that sought to figure out what it is that causes someone to stop and help someone in a time of need. What is it? What would cause someone to stop and help? I know a lot of people that would stop and help, but is it personality? Is it your cultural background? Is it the situation at hand? Any other guesses? Well, it turned out it's not a personality that would cause someone to stop and help someone in a time of need or cause to have compassion. It's not your cultural background. It's not even the situation, the urgency of the situation. The variable that determines if a person would stop to help someone in need is whether or not they felt they had the time or were in too much of a hurry. So what that tells us is ethics, ethics becomes a luxury as the speed of our daily lives increases. And furthermore, urgency or hurry elevates blood pressure, causes anxiety, nervousness, causes insomnia. And I believe in addition to compromising what we desire to be ethically, that there's another drawback that suggests, um, would attribute to the hurry in our lives. What is it? It's that you don't give others your best. And they can tell. And this made me think, oh my goodness, I have a 17-year-old. So like seven-ish, eight years ago, my daughter Peyton, we were in a season where I, where I shared with her a bunch of mommy-daughter dates that year. And it was part of a book that I was doing, was great, Eight Great Dates for Moms and Daughters, and it was the sweetest thing, out for tea and out to a museum. And I shared in these deep dates, and her love language is quality time, and she just ate it up. And I remember that spring, she said, Mom, can we just do another mommy-daughter date? And I'm like, sure, sure, I would love that. And I was thinking, shoot, I need to do this and this and this. Like, how can I get things in place for me to be able to get out with her? Even if it was a simple trip to the library, it took figuring things out, making arrangements, making sure my husband was home for my other daughter, and just that. We got it all together, and he said, okay, Pete, let's go. And I got out to the car, and I remember kind of hurrying along and sat in the car, and I pulled the door shut, and my daughter hops in the back seat, and she said, we don't have to go. I didn't mean to imply I didn't want to be with her, but I will say, by the grace of God, the words that came out of my mouth were so helpful because I remember putting my car in reverse, adjusting the mirror at that time that she said that, and I said, oh, Peyton, you're worth it. Except I saw firsthand in that mirror, little fifth grader, still so petite, she needed a booster seat, looking out the window, kind of blushed a little bit. She heard the words, you are worth it. And I'll never forget that time stood still for me to recognize people need to know the value that you hold. They, know, they want to know that they're valued. One way to really win is to start noticing people. Are you seeing people these days? When you start recognizing people in your life, noticing them, seeing them, calling out and affirming them and the good in them, they'll start to see the good in you, for one. But I love Lynn Lauman's messaging this past year. She said, the world needs you. Wow, you, you feel valued when you read her email and at the very end, she said, the world needs you. You walk into her shop and you see in her, you pause to go, wow, that made me feel valued just in, in reading that. And one of my very favorite stories about Mary Kay Ash is that when you spoke to her, it was if, as if you were the only person with her in her presence. She didn't look behind you to see a line of people 400 long, which was often the case. She never 
made you feel anything less than that you are right there with her and you're the only one in her presence. What a gift. Rushing is the way of the world. Don't let it be ours. So what can we further consider in eliminating hurry in our lives? I'm thinking a 15-minute version of this little, like this TED Talk, the full presentation. I'm having to cut it down a little bit. It makes me feel a little bit in a hurry. But <laughs> learn to be still. Learn to be still. Because the quieter you become, the more you hear. So be still. You know what? I've actually since taken on this practice. It's been about five or six years because as a busy mom that works from home and outside the home and, and loves networking and, and loves people, those moments are few and far between. So I had to carve out time at the front end of my day, give my first fruits of the day to that time and devotion um, carved out. This, before the household awakes, it's the only time I could get it. But what a gift it's been for me to be still. And if you desire that, but you can't fathom waking up super early at 5 or 5.30, I was there. And I might suggest that you read this book called The Miracle Morning. Has anyone read that book? It's The Miracle Morning. That will make you want to get up early, actually, by Hal, Hal Elrod. It changed my life in that season five or six years ago. And that's why and how I can get up early every day. And part of the prescribed practice is being still in silence. That's a great value in his teaching is silence. And it's good for your brain. And on another note, if you are a learner, another fantastic book by Jenny Allen is Get Out of Your Head. Mm. And she actually gives a, a fantastic picture of even the health of your brain. Your brain looks younger when you carve out time for silence. In order to be present, I might suggest we build margins. It's not just me, right? <laughs> build margins. Buffer your appointments and your calls, your tasks, with a breather, if even just a breather. Think of the things for which you're grateful for. If you just pause, like need something to do, pause to do that in the previous moments or what you're looking forward to and the next thing you're feeling like you need to rush to. Pause and just think about what you're grateful for, what's to come. Build margins and build margin to care for yourself. Self-care is personal health maintenance. It's done with the conscious intention of improving or restoring your health. It leaves you refreshed, invigorated, alive, and content. And it nourishes your emotions, your senses, and your thoughts. But here's the deal. Everyone knows self-care. That's like a thing of the last five years. No, we see self-care, self-care should be seen as different. Self-care is misunderstood and erroneously includes indulgences that we believe make life a little more tolerable. So let's talk about some of those indulgences we resort to when we're running on fumes. This might be as simple as grabbing a candy bar in the checkout line in lieu of lunch, in lieu of a healthy lunch. Guilty. Cracking open a drink or even a Mountain Dew because you're so exhausted. A spa or a shopping trip. Even a Dairy Queen Blizzard, which I was just referencing with Michael and Sarah, um, they, that's fine. Those are treats, and I would never say not to do them. They're, but they're little luxuries, and that's fine, unless you can't afford them health-wise and spending-wise. So spending money you don't have is also self-indulgence. Self-care is different than self-indulgence. And you think, oh, who cares? I do care for you. You're worth it. 
And when you're clear-headed from caring for yourself, tasks are simpler and your priorities are realigned. Self-care slows our reaction time so that in a positive way, your body stops thinking that every unexpected event is a life-threatening emergency. It's a good perk. You're calmer, more focused, happier, likely less in a hurry. Mary Kay often reminded her sales force, you cannot eat an elephant all in one bite. You've probably heard that before. You can't eat an elephant all in one bite, meant to help us to carve out our little goals in bite-sized pieces. But, but she'd say, but you can eat an elephant one bite at a time. So small, what small steps could you maybe take that to add some good self-care choices for yourself to make it a priority? Perhaps it's something to add, but it might be something to eliminate. So think on those things. Business entrepreneur, author, and coach Darren Hardy spins this a different way that I just read. He would say, have you ever been bitten by an elephant? How about a mosquito? It's the little things in life that will bite you. <laughs> so as we close, I'd love to declare that we eliminate hurry and worry from our lives. That we slow our pace and be restored. May we enter into a new season where we know rest, a restful place, and seeing the value in others. When you are present in the next year, I know that you'll live life to the full. There are a lot of people that count on you. And when you are deeply nourished, you can be present and winning in a, to your spouse, your kids, your clients, your friends in a way that a frazzled you cannot. You'll elevate how they feel about themselves, which will elevate you. And that comes back to you hundredfold. And you, my friends, winners that you are, are worth it. <laughs>